0: they have always uh, had good water. To the point of they bottle it and uh, kind of give it away with it. So if you ever see my mother, which you will, again, she'll come up uh, at some point in time, she has her own Hamilton City water that she carries around uh, with her, with that. And that's a beautiful thing. We you know clean water is a rarity in lots of the world. You know, you go into places even... <coughs> I think of our uh, missionaries, uh, the Reese's in Mexico, that one of the struggles they're having in language school is the water is not safe to drink or cook or even wash their stuff with because uh, there's too much parasites and such in there. And and, and even though we may debate on how well our water is or not, I don't think any of us woke up this morning and thought twice about brushing our teeth with whatever came out of the tap, didn't we? You know, even those of you who are on well water. And I I lived uh, with a family that had well water that I remember that sometimes with well water, if you let it sit in the refrigerator overnight or two days, you get to see what is really in that water. But none of us in that house questions whether or not that water is safe to brush our teeth, to drink, or the line. We only think about it, and we normally think about it as an inconvenience when we get that note typed to our door or elsewhere that says, "Hey, you need to boil your water because the pressure in the line wasn't." there. Or, those of you who with wells, hopefully not but you've got a new one. You know, if the, water, if the rainwater gets too high and goes into your well, that's not a good thing. With it. why Important. Necessary. Yet, we sometimes forget that water isn't just, uh, you know, a good source of life. It is an analogy for many things in life. James reminds us of this question to some extent. Can can a salt spring produce fresh water? And the answer is is no, right? I have two glasses of water here. And you all saw me, right? Poured straight from here. So I've not done anything to these glasses prior to pouring the water in. Daniel, you would probably drink from both of those, would you not? yeah. You know? Well, James has something else to say about the water we have, about training our tongue. He will go on to say in our passage this morning Who is wise among you? Who has understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, their way of life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. We have this idea. In the house. It, would turn crazy. it would turn crazier, wouldn't it? <laughs> Coffee is really just water that has been filtered over beans, you know, with beans Like this. So, Daniel, which one? Do you want this one or this one? Pick. You gotta pick. I'll pick the one you're pointing. The one I'm pointing at. Okay, good. All right. Alright. Now, uh, to the side, real quick, go in my office and grab a spoon or something. I don't care what it looks like. There's one on my desk. What did I pour in there, Salt. Salt. You can kind of see there's something on the bottom, but other than that, it looks very much the same. Now, uh, well, I'm going to go get out of the side. I'm here. This will work. If so so I nice. stir it up enough, because he's going to come back in here and go, I can't find it, Dad. Uh, I, can, I can guarantee that's going to be the case. Uh, Alright. So, we've stirred it up some. You can see it's a little bit cloudy, but we're going to give it some time. Oh, you did find it. Good. Honest, Josiah, will you forgive me? Because I didn't uh, believe you would find it. Because was I wasn't sure. Granted, you've got the spoon that has strawberries on it. We're going to it for earlier this Alright. Salty and water. Now, do you want that one? No. Yes. Why not? Because yes. it has salt in it. Well, what's wrong with that? Salt is an important nutrient of life. Because it would not be good. It would not be good. the longer the, the sins, I'll tell you, you know, you hold it up and you can't I can't necessarily see that there's much in there other than water kind of moving a little bit. You know. Doesn't refresh. It may look the same. And he goes on to say that our, there, is, there is wisdom. There's two types of wisdom, but he's going to say we need to sow wisdom that it comes from above. We need to drink water that comes from the spring fed of life, not the bitter water of life. There's a story in the Old Testament, nation of Israel, where we're looking for water. And they weren't sure whether the spring was good or not until they tasted it and the, the waters were bitter. And so they called the place the place of bitter water with it. And that became to some extent an analogy of their walk with the Lord. That sometimes they would have the pure waters of Father God, and then sometimes they would choose the bitter water of life. But what James is saying, we have a choice on which water we offer the world. How cool would it be that, you know, that John, that, that, you know, I don't really like to bike ride, don't you? And if you rode all the way from Circleville here this morning, you know, on your bike, that would be quite a turn. How many miles is that? About 90? Yeah, you would have had to start yesterday at least, right? You know. You did it last year, year all one night? One day. Ooh. And if you got to your moms and dad and they gave you a nice cold cup of salt water Pastor Ken is already revolting over here. It wouldn't do much good, would it? In fact, he'd probably spit it out. Or because it's mom and dad, he would swallow it, and then he'd go get your own water. It wouldn't help resolve what he's going. We see, we, we have this to our world. As believers in Christ, we carry around the water of Jesus. We carry Jesus with us. And it, it looks like any other water, but the question is: Is what are we giving people? Are we giving them salt water? Are we giving them something that refreshes? You say, "Well, what's the difference?" Let's turn back into the Book of James, because he makes it clear there are two types of wisdom. But well, we need to have wisdom that comes from above. Our way of life should be marked by meekness or humbly accepting what wisdom is meekness. Is not a desirable trait. We live in a world of strength. And, and we must remember that in James' day, meekness wasn't something they desired then either. The idea of, of superior knowledge, according to the Greeks and the Romans, you wanted to show your knowledge, you wanted to show your status, your might. Meekness is this idea of a gentleness, of a desire to learn. Meekness is an awareness of power and the use and the abuse thereof, the power. It is rightly thinking of themselves. It is no wonder that we see time and time again the way of life marked by a true believer was one of meekness, of humility, of not leaning in and saying, this is who I am. But instead, this is who Christ is. And just reminds ourselves there is someone greater than ourselves. Are you known as gentle being? See, if you're a gentle being, I hope this is right, you, you offer a refreshing to the world around. Yet many times we are not known as gentle beings. This week, one of my days, I uh, did what I, uh, you know, do quite often, is I look on uh, social media to kind of see what is going on. And I, and I read these words by Tim Keller, pastor or previous pastor in New York City, who said these words that I think. Uh, was fitting for the uh, third chapter of James, but it is a reminder of ourselves. He says this, we demonize the other side, and we demonize anyone who doesn't demonize them too. Do you get that? Both the strongly left and strongly white do this. Why, he asks. They have no vision for a society in which all Americans can coexist and live together in peace. The knives are out today, and they are shocked. we've gone to a point where it isn't just okay to be right anymore, everyone else has to agree with my rightness and if you don't denounce someone that I don't like then you can't be for me either I remember in my time of youth ministry we had a word for this well it was a phrase it's called teenage girl drama (laughs) I don't mean to generalize too much but what does that look for? Yeah, I know, it's earlier and earlier you know. But I remember in school, you know, where uh, if, if two girls were having a fight with each other, what happened? Well, one, it was all verbal in a lot of regards. Then each girl would recruit their own team of people who had to be upset with the other person. Why? Because they were upset. And so you got this clan over here versus this clan over here because they didn't like each other. And then what happened a lot of times is you give it, you know, about two hours, and they would reconcile, you know, because the issue is no longer the issue. You're laughing at me, Maya. Okay. When the two girls that started it, they're back together as best buds. They're BFFs for life now. Okay? Well, what happened is the people on the back end never knew it. And they're still fighting one another. On things. That's what we we have come to realize is what's happening in in our world. And and James is reminding us first and foremost if your way of life is going to be one marked by wisdom that comes from above, you're going to be meek and you're not going to get involved in some of that trauma. And just because someone else says you need to be against this person, we may have to just sit back and go, I'll take that into consideration. And just. Oh, Ways, because he goes on to say, but if you have what um, the NIV and others they they call it jealous bitterness, and see James is using words in this text that aren't used elsewhere, which is really fun for many of scholars and academics because there's a lot of debate over what this means. We talked about bitterness tongue last week. Well, here's what I think bitterness. as as zeal. To some extent, we can can translate this word as if you have a zeal that is harsh, you better be careful. The thing with zeal, though, is, is that it can be based on truth. Sometimes being zealous is a good, positive thing. But I know this much. Zeal can be good, but I also know that I don't want to try to drink from a fire hose. Especially if Vance has the nozzle. you know. It'll start just fine, And then he'll have a little fun. Won't you, Vance? Just a little. And then he'll, he'll, he'll be able to correct whatever he threw off that is later, you know. But, it, but sometimes that's how zeal is. You can be zealous for the Lord, but it's like trying to a cup of water while you're taking a fire hose and you're dumping it in. It isn't going to last in a cup. Both people end up frustrated and dry. Or, if you would admit, it's like adding a little bit more salt to it. You go, well, Jesus said we are to be the salt of the world. Absolutely. But I also know this. A little bit of salt goes a long way. But see, when we have this zeal that reminds others of why they are not right, if we have a zeal that reminds them not of what we are for, but what we are against, it is like pouring salt into a cup of water and then saying, drink up. A harsh zeal does no one any good. Or secondly, when we focus too much on ourselves, when we see ourselves as too important, when it has to be our way or the highway, when we have to have a, an opinion about everything and we need our opinion to be registered on everything. It can become where we focus too much, and it is like pouring more salt into a glass of water, stirring it up so it looks like regular stuff, And then trying to offer it to someone who's thirsty, and I'm sure some of you are cringing at how much salt is in this. But again, you're not allowed to touch this cup, okay? Exactly. (laughs) There's more salt in here than you need today, okay? And you better eat today. You know, there's some of that going on. Yet, is this not? We're our world, and if we are not careful, see James is writing not to tell the early church what is outside of them, but he's writing to the community of faith saying, is there harsh zeal within you? Is there a selfish ambition in you as the church? Want us to get what we deserve, as long as it's good. That that we think we can get by with something. That if we're at a certain level of life, we can get away with things. And what James is saying, that may be the case there. But if you are God's people, that is not the way here. Why? Because he goes on to say very harsh words. Listen to these words this morning. He says this. And verse 14. Don't boast or tell lies against the truth. This is not wisdom from above coming down, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and it is demonic. I wish I could say things differently, but there's no other way to say it. And and it goes back to chapter 2, where it says even the demons have a faith, and their faith produces at its end a zeal that is harsh, that is rough, and proclaims to know all of the truth and selfish ambition. That is the final five. That's where it goes. It's like drinking. I can't believe it. You really can't tell. Not really, huh? Deceptive, is it? And so you go to drink it. Now, i got to make sure I won't take these to my office. Because what will happen this week is I'll drink of this one, you know, at some point in time. And then I'll have to skip cleaner so we don't take care of that, you know, put up my mess. It's just water. It's, it's <laughs> salty water. <laughs> you know, you know but, but deceptive, isn't that, and that's what James is saying. If we're not careful of faith, the faith that we will show, the wisdom that we think we have, will be deceptive and we will leave off going to nothing. It will be useless. And that is why he says that, that where jealousy, selfish ambition, where a harsh field or a bitterness is, there is disorder in every evil practice. I mentioned last week in our messages, one of them Watch it. you came online where I said the idea that bitterness is the root of all evil. Well that that's I was thinking of a different verse. I wish I was thinking of this one, but I wasn't too I can comment you know Peter talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. What what James is saying though if you want to trace every kind of evilness, go back into a bitterness, a jealousy, a harsh steel and self they there two in the same. That's why Jesus had many things to say. But the truth of the matter, James says, is the goal of our faith is not these things. The goal of our faith is a cup of cold water that refreshes one another, not a deceptive cup of cold salt water that leaves us laughing. And the wisdom that comes from above, it produces something, it produces peace or known as the Shalom of God, And there's a little debate on what James is saying here. Is this, those peacemakers who sow peace uh, reap a harvest of righteousness, like righteousness is the result, or do you sow righteousness and so the result is peace? And I would have to maybe really say, both hands, and well, that's a cop-out, I know. Because, see, you can't produce peace without righteousness according to God's skin. And if you sow the righteousness of God, you will receive the peace of God, the shalom of God. And here's what that looks like. It's pure. Just like the water that came from this bottle was to some extent pure. You didn't have to think, is it worth, is it safe to drink? It's pure. To say it is peace loving, but full of peace. And the stability. It's not wishy washy. It is reasonable or gentle. It is full of mercy and It's impartial. It doesn't act one way in one setting and another way in another setting. It is genuine and sincere. Which water, would you like? Would you like a water that's gentle that will hydrate? Would you like a water Some people would like to say James 313 through eighteen, probably was independent long. If you read all of James, you see what is the early church and the church that today is dealing with. We're dealing with this idea that we will we will praise one person and we will demean and demonize another fellow believer because we disagree. See that we have fights and quarrels among us because we're not willing to allow a reasonable, gentle mindset either. We have the truth and we are people of the truth, and we must always be the people of the truth, which means we will stand in in opposition to some things in our world. We will call sin, sin. But the issue here isn't just calling sin sin. It's within the body of believers saying, you don't have the right version of the truth that I have. My beliefs are the right way. A harshness. A criticism that every time you do it, it's like pouring salt back into a cup of water and trying to drink it. It's a criticalness. Do you know people that are, every time you say, You know, something they will find a way to make it seem not not as big of a deal. You know, you may say, I I broke my wrist this week, and someone will say, Oh, I'm sorry, but you know, there are other people who are worse off than you. Thanks. You may do nine things right, and they find the one thing you did wrong, and they let you know that the one thing you did wrong, and you're like, they don't let you know the nine. They pick the one thing. You know, uh, I shared last week, I had a teacher that uh, marked me not necessarily for the good because, uh, you know, the rest of that story goes, uh, I was, you know, I was a bit smooth, but there was one time I had an interim sent home. And that's when, like, interims, not everybody got one sent home. You know, some of you teachers understand, you know, and the parents had to sign it. So here we're sitting in class, and the teacher proclaims not everyone's getting an interim today, but only those of you who have not done well in class are going to get one. And this was, we were far enough up, but everyone knew we, we already had picked out who was going to get it. Because we knew, and they knew. And lo and behold, as she goes down the list, my Front of the classroom to pick up the people. And the look of everyone, you want to know what it was? I had a B in her class. And I was supposed to have an A. There was this sense of criticalness that permeates. and We live in a world that needs peace. There is a place for for a, 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 a truth to be proclaimed to say, how you're living isn't the way of the Lord. But it cannot not, it can't be done. The wisdom of God produces a shalom. And we're coming to this time of this table which to some extent if I could, in a way is the table of God's peace of God's shalom where he makes things right. Notice that when Jesus came into this world he said I didn't come into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. But by Living and dying and rising again, there was an act of condemnation that took place because it proclaimed that his way is right. But he didn't. For the average person, he wasn't rough and tough. He was through a group of people, and those were the people of religion. Tombs. You look nice on the outside, but on the inside you are dead. Where he said, You may look like a refreshing cup of water, but hidden in there is nothing but salt upon salt upon salt. Ruins for water, bitterness, envy, selfish ambition. They were zealous for the Lord, but they weren't zealous in a way that produced good fruits of peace. And so you may go, what do I do about this? And we say the words of James chapter 1. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And if any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it, it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must be sincere and genuine, without hypocrisy. Because the one who doubts is like a wave from the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, unstable in all they do. Wisdom is to take Wisdom it was from above. Wisdom that will lead you going. That's what we need today. And so we come to this place of worship, this time of worship, where we are reminded the wisdom of God was not the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world said Jesus was to come and throw off the Romans and defeat them by every military might possible. And Jesus says, I come to give up my life. That uh, whoever believes in me, even if they die, shall live. That's not the wisdom of this world. He who wants to, live or to gain life must lose his life. If you want to be great among my people, it says. You must serve. And do the task that no one else may be willing to take. Upside down wisdom. And that is a picture of what these elements represent. We are reminded that Jesus didn't take upon himself what he rightfully could have, but he loved until the end. He gave grace to all who asked for grace. He gave truth to all who needed to hear truth. But his way of life was one of meekness, of humility, of good fruit, full of mercy and grace. As those who are going to come to serve, come down, let us pray.